The news is saturated with this Wuhan virus. I'm not going to bite. I'm not going to bite on it anymore. I'll talk about it. I'm not going to give statistics. I, I just don't see the point. I think it's overdone. Uh, and I, I think there's so much more to talk about. I've been stuck in my place for about seven days now. I've heard all the statistics in the news. I'm sure you have too, so you don't need me to regurgitate all that garbage. Let's just talk about it from a real-life perspective, from, from a human perspective. And since we're all stuck inside waiting for everyone to die a terrible plague-like death, let's talk about what's happening in human terms. Not like what we hear from the news. Because what we're hearing from the news is and from the government is kind of stupid. And it's kind of scary. Then let's talk about what we should be hearing. What the, what the government should be telling us. What we need to know as a society. And what we need to hear from our government. Because right now we do depend on the government. This is what they're there for. What we regular people may need to get us through this. And then we'll talk about what I've been doing to get through with this. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Okay, hey, hey, hey! I know I was gone on Friday. Uh, it was actually my birthday on Friday, uh, so I went out with my girlfriend. And when I say I went out, I didn't really go out. I just went to her place, and we spent some time with family. Uh, all the family, they're fine and dandy. Um, this whole everything has stopped. I... I was supposed to go to Los Angeles this weekend. I couldn't because my dad is 76 and my stepmom is 73 and I don't have anything, but you never know. So I, I just stayed away. Talked to my daughters, talked to my father, gave him a buzz today, made sure everyone is okay. They're all inside. We're all doing well, um, sort of. And let's talk. So one of the things I don't want to do in this podcast is keep going over the news from this Wuhan virus. Uh, I, I'm just, I'm, I don't think it's necessary. I think you just turn on the television. That's, you're being saturated with it. But I do have some parting thoughts before I sit back and move away from the Wuhan virus. Um, it seems that life has actually stopped. It has actually stopped. There isn't any news except for this damn virus, which is hard. I actually want to talk news, and I have some news. I have some great stories that I'm going to bring up, a little true crime. I know I'm entering other podcast genres, but I'm probably going to do something like that because this is news. It is out there, and I, I think we need to get away from the virus. But I never really talked about it from a, uh, I never really talked about it from a human scale. And I don't want to just sit back and regurgitate all the garbage that's on the news. Um, there are no debates. There's no news outside the pandemic. Even the presidential campaign has been put on hold, which is not a shock. Let's face it. Uh, Joe Biden, Donald Trump, and uh, Bernie Sanders are all in the uh, mortality age group for this virus, even though it looks like the mortality age group is changing. Uh, younger people are actually getting this and some might be dying, but we're not really sure why, which is what's kind of scary. Um, 
Not to, but I think one of the reasons, especially Joe Biden's camp, is so thrilled he's not campaigning right now is because he just says so many dumb things. But let's talk about the media. I love the the politicization of this virus. It is just so funny. And the thing is, I'm beginning to realize that not a lot of people are really biting into this thing. My girlfriend uh, last week, I think it was on Thursday, she came over and she said that Trump is a racist because he called the virus the Chinese flu. I asked her if she was kidding because I was just like, huh? It is a Chinese flu. It's actually called the Wuhan virus, which is more accurate. It shows where in China the virus came about. But she said, no, it's racist to call it uh, the Wuhan vu, or, uh, flu. Excuse me. It's racist to call it the Chinese flu. And then I, I, I gave her a couple of names. I gave her the Spanish flu, the Asian flu, the Russian flu, the Hong Kong flu, MERS, which stands for uh, Middle Eastern Respiratory Sickness or something. I don't know what that means. Lyme's disease. Lyme disease is actually found, I think it's in Vermont is where Lyme Canyon is, where those little ticks were uh, flying around. And then Ebola. Ebola is named after the Ebola River, which is where the Ebola virus came to play. All these are named after the place they started. COVID-19 started in Wuhan, China. It's actually known as the Wuhan virus. President Trump is calling it the Chinese virus because it's the Chinese government that is responsible for this virus going nuts. The reality is uh, doctors have said that this virus probably would have had a uh, range of about 5% of victims if China had said, oh, damn, we've got a virus. Let's get the CDC and the WHO into this. Let's contain this virus. But they didn't. They didn't contain it. For months, they let their people go out, leave China, spread to the United States, Europe, Australia, the rest of Asia. They did nothing. They hid it. And they hid it because they are a tyrannical, crappy-ass government. A crappy-ass communist government. Here's the thing, and it's so simple I won't waste a lot of time in it. The virus started in Wuhan, China. The Chinese government hid the virus, not to embarrass themselves. Which is true of any communist dictatorship. They all do that. North Korea, for Christ's sake, Kim Jong-un does not have an anus. He cannot poop according to them, because he's so godlike. That's what these people do. If China had alerted the world of the virus and prevented their people from just doing their thing, traveling to other countries, spreading the virus, this thing would be done already. The virus did not start, did start in Wuhan, but it is the Chinese government that aided in the spread of the disease. Seriously, folks, they killed the doctor who discovered and tried to alert people about the virus. This was just released last week where the doctor who started trying to alert the WHO and everybody that this virus existed. We thought he died of coronavirus or the Wuhan virus, and he didn't. He was killed by the Chinese government because President Xi, dictator Xi of China, 
and the party in China, they're pieces of crap. So this is the Chinese virus. I will tell you one thing. We shouldn't call it the Wuhan virus. We should just flat out call it the Chinese virus because that's what the damn thing is. And it is not racist to point that out. The second thing I keep hearing is how Trump messed the whole thing up. And in the beginning, he did. He didn't take this disease seriously. Didn't think the impact, didn't think the impact would be what it is. And he kind of brushed it off. Uh, but you know what? He has recovered. He has the best doctors in the country advising him. He placed uh, uh, Vice President Mike Pence in charge, basically distancing himself from the virus. Because let's face it, anything that Trump does is going to be wrong. Anything Trump does is going to be wrong. It's going to be bad. Trump could lay his hands on a patient with brain cancer and cure the cancer and the news media will be making cancer a hero and Trump a villain for killing the cancer. Let's call it what it is. So what he did was he took one of the most milquetoast human beings and said, okay, you run this thing. I will run, basically, he has hour to hour and a half uh, press conferences daily now and he basically runs defense for Mike Pence, takes the crap that he needs to take and then turns it over to his experts, which includes a bunch of doctors. And by the way, those doctors include black doctors, white doctors, female doctors, male doctors. I'm sure there's a gay guy in there and one of them's got to be transgender because that seems to be really what's important with the news media is that, oh, it's nothing but white men. No, it's not nothing but white men. There is an Indian woman who is leading the way Um a white woman who is one of the leaders of the group, the attorney general is a black man. It's just it, this, this stupidity. Here's The president has the best people doing this. And the president is standing back and letting those people run things. But he cannot catch a break from the news media. And yes, President Trump screwed up in the beginning. He did. We didn't have enough masks. We didn't have enough respirators. We didn't have enough uh, ventilators. We didn't have enough gowns. We didn't have enough of everything. And President Trump said, oh, geez, we need to, we need to take over. Now, what President Trump is doing is pretty awesome because what he's doing is he's letting the private industry create this, these things. So you've got like Ford Mortar Company who has going out and changing their production lines to create ventilators and respirators. Same with um, other car companies are doing this. 3M and other companies who were very slow to react because the government didn't push this are now creating masks and gowns. Okay, he did screw up. Give him a break. Don't look at what happened three weeks ago. Look at what's happening now or back in January. Look at what's happening now. And it's not that President Trump is sitting back and, and telling, and this is going to be important later on when we talk about this, not that President Trump is sitting back and saying, hey, um, the government needs to control everything, so small business, business, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. And then business is being pushed by the government to do what they normally aren't doing. It's private industry that's doing it on their own. Ford. Tesla, 3M, 
Amazon, all these people on their own are actually going out there and saying, okay, well, we need to redo our production lines so that we can create masks or we can create ventilators or respirators. That's capitalism. That is awesome. And I am so proud of this country. But we're going to get to that. I think that is awesome. So I understand that President Trump, yeah, he's kind of screwed up. But he's trying to recover. Now, we also have to remember, this is a completely unprecedented event. We've never had anything like this since the 1918 Spanish flu, where people were dying in the millions. And by the way, Spanish flu is a little worse than this flu. Not by much, but it is. No one today knows how to deal with this, including our government. And I'm not surprised. This is just a contingency they never really thought of. They never thought this was going to be this bad. I never thought this was going to be this bad. I'm still not sure. Denmark had no idea. Europe had no idea how this would be. Italy had no idea how this would be. And now their their single-payer healthcare system is failing them. They're rationing medical care. And people are being chosen for ventilators. Old people, hey, if you're young, you need a ventilator, you'll get it. That old person, what's that called? A death panel? It's happening in Italy. So when Bernie Sanders walks up there and starts screaming about a single-payer healthcare system, let's take a look at Italy. They now have death panels. They're determining who lives and who dies. That's what is happening in Italy right now. But Denmark, Denmark didn't know what to do. So they decided to go through a a process called herd immunization. Now, for me, herd immunization sounds like a good deal. Basically, what herd immunization is, somebody goes out, they walk out, people do their thing. The only people that that basically are stuck inside their places are people of seven who are in the mortality range. Uh, so people 70 years and above, people with pre-existing conditions, which um, have a underdeveloped immune system, cancer patients, asthma patients, things like that. Those people are actually quarantined and everyone else just goes out and does their thing. That's her, a person eventually... Everyone's going to catch the virus. They will develop an immunity to to the virus. They'll get sick, but they'll develop an immunity to the virus, and then life goes on. That's called herd immunity or herd immunization. Well, that didn't work out for Denmark because people started dying, and then they realized they did the same thing we did. That was a very interesting social experiment. I was really curious to see how that was going to work out, and I personally thought herd immunization would be the best way. I'm not afraid of catching this virus. I'm not sure I haven't had the virus. I'm not sure my grand, uh, my uh, girlfriend had the virus because she's been sick for a month. I'm not sure uh, my boss had the virus because she was sick for a month. But here's the thing. They tried it. It didn't work out the way they wanted it because the uh, Wuhan virus is a deadly virus. It is dangerous. Even though this country has about a 1.5% mortality rate, which is only about a half percent higher than the flu, it spreads faster, and that still is deadlier than the flu. So even Denmark said, okay, it didn't work out. Best laid plans of mice and men. Let's move on. 
Here's the thing, and this is where things get scary, is no one knows how to deal with this virus. Nobody. And that's why you see the stock market flipping out. That's why you see people running into their little homes. That's why you see businesses closing. Businesses are not closing because the government is saying close the business. Businesses are closing because they don't want to be responsible for people getting sick and possibly dying. And that, again, is capitalism. But there are some things our government should be doing that I'm not, I don't think they're doing well. Let's talk about that. Now, I, I, I'm not one of these people who blames the government for everything. I, I can't blame the government for this. It's not their fault. Um, it's China's fault. That's going to be another thing we're going to have to deal with after. Not yet. I don't even want to talk about that yet. But the thing is, we got to be asking, why is the stock market flipping out? Why are there no canned goods at the grocery stores? Why are there no rolls of toilet paper anywhere? Why are lines wrapped around the Costco parking lot in the morning when they restock? Why can't I find a loaf of freaking bread for my tuna fish salad sandwich after I buy freaking 48 cans of tuna fish? Because we're all in a panic. There have been over 1 billion references to the Wuhan virus in the news media. That is 10 times that of SARS, MERS, Ebola, swine flu, H1N1, bird flu, combined. Combined! This is all the news media can talk about. And those past viruses, for example, Ebola, that's a serious freaking virus. You'd think people would really want to talk about that one. I mean, uh, the Wuhan virus is basically the flu. You'll probably get it. You've got a 98.5% chance of surviving it, right? The fact is, we don't know much about this virus, and that's what's panicking people out. People are dying. We've had, the United States has had 500 people that have died since this epidemic started, since this pandemic started and, or hit, touched this country. Even though in a country of 350 million, that doesn't sound like a lot. If it's my dad, I'm worried for my dad. I won't go near him. I love him. It was my birthday this weekend. I wasn't going to go up to see my dad. I won't bother my girlfriend when she's got her a granddaughter. I No, it's just, no, that's not a good thing. The media went way to, way to the right or left, whatever you want to call it, in one direction when it came to this virus. According to the media, we're all going to die. It's all President Trump's fault, right? Which is politicizing the virus. Statistics show that that's not the case. We're not all going to die. We're probably going to get through this just fine. We may have to change the way we live in the future, but we're going to get through this just fine. The virus is more dangerous than flu, and it is going. It is now showing up in young people, whereas before nobody died under the age of ten. Now we've got uh, we've got teenagers, and we've got twenty-year-olds um, and thirty-year-olds who are infected with the virus. We don't know anything about it, whether they're smokers whether they, you know, smoked weed, whether they uh, vape. We don't know anything about it. But now it's showing that that virus will affect anyone. It doesn't care. 
and it doesn't care. That's where we're. That's what we're learning from Italy. Italy, they're they've they've got a, a lot. Yes, the average age of those dying from the from the uh, Wuhan virus in Italy is eighty. It is literally eighty years old. But there are younger people that are actually dying. And don't forget, we can't really compare the United States with Italy, because Italy they're very tight knit family, very tight knit families. So people will go see their families whether or not they have the virus or whether or not there is a uh, pandemic. So Italy's a little different. And they also have a crap Medicare uh, healthcare system. So, but we're not going to talk about that. It's not. Trump, on the other hand, in the beginning of this virus back in January, he went in the other direction. He minimized the virus. This was wrong too. He told us we were all going to be fine. This is no big deal. Nothing to see here. That wasn't true. The virus does suck. It is more dangerous and contagious than we thought. People will die. And people are going to continue to die. Every, continue to die. That's how this works, unfortunately, with a pandemic. Let's not sugarcoat anything. The administration decided this was a serious thing and they adjusted. Now they're doing okay. Yes, they screwed up with the ventilators. They screwed up with the respirators. They screwed up with the test kits. They screwed up with the masks. They screwed up with the um, gowns that the, our healthcare providers need. They did. They won't admit it, which I, I'm not so sure you can do. Admitting it is doesn't necessarily make it any better. But at least they're dealing with it. What do I think? I think the virus is probably kind of in the middle. I think it is a dangerous virus. And I think I should stay away from my parents and those who are susceptible. I will not see a cancer patient. I will stay in my place. I live with literally 10 people, not in the same place. I have my own little room. I have my own, I have my own toilet, sink, everything. I don't need to see anybody. And I will stay away from everybody. And I'm pretty sure nobody here is in the mortality group, but I will stay away. But I'm not sure it is as bad as the media plays it out. And I think the government should be overreacting. I do think the government should be overreacting. The National Guard has been enabled. Do we need the National Guard? Maybe not. I don't know. But I don't know. I don't know what I know. I, I don't know what I don't know. Do I think... Uh, Trump should have released those ships, those floating hospitals? I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be any good. For example, one of the ships is trying to get to New York. It's going to take it three months to get to New York. By then, this pandemic could be over. Chances are, this pandemic will be over. Oh, gosh. You know, the phone always rings. Normally, when my phone rings, I, I, just, I just cut it out. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. So, because... That's life, and I was dealing with pandemic par uh, pandemic paranoia, which I'm. I think maybe I'm gonna start. Maybe I should actually. Yeah, I don't know. I, pandemic paranoia sounds pretty cool. Okay, finally, there's one thing that I think the government needs to do. I'm stuck in my house for a week, and I'm going nuts. My girlfriend is going nuts. Her kids are going nuts. My parents are going nuts. My friends are going nuts. We are all going nuts. And the government thinks we are all going to sit in our homes for two months. 
They're stupid. That's not going to happen. The American people are too used to freedom. They're not going to last long in prison in their homes. We need to know there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And we need to be given an idea of when we might see this actual light. I know that the government may not know. That's fine, but give us an idea. Give us, say, hey, you know something? We don't know when this is going to end. Um, but let's look at it in two weeks because I think we can level this bar graph off or this, uh, we can level everything off in a couple of weeks. Trump has said that, but he doesn't accentuate it. It's fine if he doesn't know what's going on, if the government doesn't know what's going on. But tell us what they're thinking, not just the doom and gloom. People are go not going to deal with this for six months. I don't think people are going to people in this country are going to deal with this for a few weeks. I know I'm not going to. I want to go back to work. I want my dual screens. I want to be able to do my work comfortably. I can't do my work comfortably here. China did not have a problem with their controlling their population. Anyone did what they did not, anyone who did what they did not say they should do, they were killed or imprisoned. That's China. This is, this is not that country. Please, President Trump, come up with a plan that lets us know what's going on. We know this is not going to last forever. Tell us how long we are going to have to go through this crap. Even if it means bad news of a second wave, even if it means, okay, stay in your place for three weeks. I think we can all handle that if we see in three weeks there's a light at the end of the tunnel. We're Americans. We're going to be able to handle it. And finally, one thing that I actually missed in my show notes Let's not change the country. Okay, yes. You want to give $2,400 to everybody, that's fine. Let's not change the country. The uh, Senate has just pushed away a one point, I think it's $1.3 trillion bill that the House passed because there was all sorts of crap in that bill. This is going to make the Democrats look really bad. Stop politicizing. Nothing that that bill should have should be permanent. Nothing. We should not have permanent sick leave. We should not have permanent $2,400 a month for people who don't want to work. We should not be giving money to people who never worked in the first place. The Green New Deal. They sat back and they tried to push Green New Deal crap. They tried to push a bailout for the airline industry so that they that they would get their bailout if they controlled emissions. Stop politicizing this bloody virus. Just let's kill the virus. This should be the most nonpartisan thing in the world. Okay, that was my negativity. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I need to be more positive. So let's be more positive. I've been stuck in this place for six days. 
On Tuesday, it'll be seven days. So the good news is after six days of not knowing what to do with myself, I developed a routine. That routine I'm going to talk about later. And I think that routine is really important. I think everyone needs to develop a routine when they're doing something they're just not used to. And I've developed a routine. I'm really quite happy with it. I think I might lose some weight. I think my place might be cleaner. I don't know. I don't have any leaks in my place anymore because of my routine. I fixed my piping because of my routine. So now I have water. I went almost two months without water, but I fixed it. So and maybe I'm going to save that for tomorrow's podcast. I'm not going to bring that up tonight because I'm getting close to the Dave rule. I'd really like Dave to join me on one of these things. But I've been watching a lot of Netflix and a lot of Amazon Prime. Um, I haven't been watching much news because I'm just so tired of it. It's, it's the same damn thing. But I've been reading other things like a lot of true crime. And true crime based on things that are happening now. We're probably going to talk about that on Wednesday. I'm not finished writing the... I'm not finished writing the uh, article about it, but I think we're going to talk about that. So here's what I've been doing. Um, and I've done a lot in the last week. I'm feeling kind of proud of myself. So it, one thing, I read a book called Loser Think by Scott Adams. Scott Adams does the Dilbert cartoons. Loser Think is an awesome book. And the reason it's an awesome book is because I'm on Twitter constantly. And Loser Think basically teaches you how to argue on Twitter. Now, again, if you're you're like me, loser think arguing on Twitter is kind of like arguing in real life. It teaches you what to say, what not to say, what kind of verbal cues to use, what kind of verbal cues not to use. It's an absolute wonderful book. It is very funny. It's Dilbert cartoons are all over it. I love Scott Adams. I follow him on Twitter. Um, so that's a great book. As a matter of fact, I bought another book by him. I can't remember what it is and I don't have it in front of me, but I'm actually probably going to read that book after I finish the next book I'm reading. Uh, I finally saw on Amazon prime, I downloaded and bought star Wars, the rise of Skywalker. Okay. How was it? Um, it's worth a watch. And one of the things, a, a couple of, of, critiques about the rise of Skywalker was it tried to cram all of the answers from the previous two movies into this one movie. And yes, that's exactly what it did. And some of the things it came up with made no sense. Now, maybe this is a spoiler alert or not. I don't know. So if it's a spoiler alert, just put it up. Put me on pause here. But it's kind of like how Ray ended up being related to other folks in this whole thing. I there was no clue about any. This is the problem when you have writers, different writers doing different uh, movies on the same series. So it was a little bit confusing. The action was fantastic. It was very good. Uh, I, I I'm not. I'm satisfied with the end enough. I, I Disney really tried to dig themselves out of a hole here. It was good. I I would I would rent it. See if you really 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 liked it. But here's the problem the movie had. It didn't really relate to any of the other movies. 
Ray, you never really got it. Snoke, I still don't know who the hell Snoke is, even though the movie tried to explain it at the very end. The very end, the last 15 minutes of the movie tries to explain the last three, the last two movies. It, it just, yeah, it no, it didn't work. I'm sorry, it didn't work. The next movie I, I bought from, I bought this movie, I bought from Amazon Prime was 1917. What a great movie. Oh my gosh. 1917 was about, it's a single shot movie, which means the camera work never ends. It never stops. There are no cutscenes. It follows two men who are trying to reach, they are both English soldiers during World War I, who are trying to reach a regiment on the other side of a battle territory between the Germans and the English to inform that regiment that the uh, that they are being uh, entrapped there's actually they're actually being entrapped and that they can't win the battle it was really good it was engrossing and it wasn't as long as it sounds like it should have been now is this a war movie are you going to learn anything about the history of World War One, absolutely nothing. It is brutal. It is sad. It is heart-wrenching. I actually think I teared up a couple of times. It is a fantastic movie. Now, another movie I watched today was called The Platform, and this was a Netflix original. It's actually, I, it's either, a, I think it's a Spanish film. It's either Spanish or Mexican. It reminded me of a movie called The Cube. Uh, which was an American film. And basically what happens in this movie is that these people are imprisoned for one reason or the other. Some of these guys are imprisoned because they've committed crimes. And some of these guys are imprisoned because they've chosen to be there to receive some benefit from the government. So, our, for example, our main character is imprisoned because he wants to quit smoking and he wants to have a, a, a diploma, a degree. I, I know, I don't, I, I don't get that. So essentially what happens is the platform is filled with food. And this jail is a, uh, is a horizontal structure where a platform loaded with food goes down from floor to floor. And what happens is the people at the top get to eat whatever they want, and the people at the bottom, well, not so much because they only get the leftovers. It is a trippy, disturbing film. It's actually won awards from Cannes and places like that. So I watch this thing, and I'm like, oh my God, this is really disturbing. It is violent. There's no question. It's violent. It's disturbing. It's not exactly... A fun-loving, I, you don't want to kill yourself at the end of the movie, but it's pretty close. It is really a good movie. Um, the Cube is another one. I didn't see that. I actually have seen that movie about 50 times. The Cube is another movie, a lot like it. Uh, that's one you may want to watch. And then I did some binge-watching of some um, uh, TV series. Uh, one that I binge-watched... It took me one day to get through because there are only like seven or eight episodes. Because today, 
Um, today, movie production or TV series production can only do seven or eight episodes. It was a Netflix original called Blood Ride. And Blood Ride is a, a, a Netherlands, maybe a Denmark release. So the problem with Blood Ride is the dubbing, English dubbing is terrible. You, you Sometimes you need to lower your head to let them talk because the languages don't match. But it was really good. Uh, it's, a, it's a horror. It's um, a paranormal horror. It is violent. There's no question. But it's, it's, it's fun. And basically what happens is a bunch of people are stuck on this bus. Uh, the bus driver's driving them somewhere. You don't know. Uh, the idea is it's probably hell. And then it goes through the stories of each of those individuals. It's really uh, quite good. I, I, it's corny. It's nonsensical. Um, but it, it's, it's worth the watch. And it's only seven or eight episodes. And finally, I'm binge-watching Frasier. And I've seen Frasier probably 10, 12, 20 times. I don't know. They got rid of Frasier on Netflix, probably because you know, it's a conservative film. It's a conservative show. I love Frasier. And I'll tell you why I love Frasier. And one of these days, maybe I'm just going to I'm gonna go out on a limb. Frasier, I'm a divorced man with kids. I don't see my kids that often. My kids love me. They like to see me. My ex-wife is kind of a, a bear. I, I was going to say bitch, but I can't really do that here. Um, but Frasier just shows how a divorced male who changes his complete life, and maybe that's what it is, because when I got divorced, I lost my job three or four months later. Um, I ended up moving to San Diego from Los Angeles. I changed my complete life. And one of the things with Frazier, it's the same thing. The guy changed his entire life and he never seems to focus. Be able to focus to create some stability in his life. But he's got a lot of stability in his life. And that stability comes from family. Now, the only thing we're a little different, Frazier and I, is that Frazier's a little younger, not by much, but he's a little younger and his family is living with him, whereas my family is nowhere near me. But there's a lot of lessons learned for someone like me. And I've never watched Frazier back in the 90s when it came out. I had no interest. But I, I watch it all the time. And I used to watch it, I've, I've probably seen the entire series four or five times on Netflix. Netflix got rid of it and then I decided... Not only am I not going to rent this, I'm just going to buy it on Amazon Prime. So I bought seven, seven or eight seasons. There are 11 seasons. Uh, every paycheck, I buy one or two seasons. And it's just a great show. And I'm probably going to, when I finish this podcast, I'm probably going to, um, I'm probably going to go in and watch a couple more versions of Frasier, uh, episodes of Frasier. One of the things, one of the things I need to do is give a shout out for somebody who I don't know who this guy is, and it really made me feel great. Is the comical Canadian uh, on my YouTube channel? He sat back and said, "You've got some great content. Uh, I don't know why you don't have more subscribers." I, 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 I do want to shout out to you, comical Canadian. 
thank you. I really do appreciate it. And it's half the reason I actually did this podcast tonight because I've been kind of iffy on things. Not that I'm giving this up. It's just that, okay, I need to do this. I also want to shout out to Dave. That's from the Dave rule. I've gone over the Dave rule. I've gone 40 minutes. But I really do appreciate you folks. It really does make something, make it worth it for me. So you can follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, and YouTube. Please visit my website. This is actually not show notes on my website at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. It's actually a blog post entry. This is Gene. You've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Stay safe, and we will get through this.